Greetings in the name of Jesus. As most of you know, we have an instruction class uh, going on right now with several of our uh, young ones that have come to uh, accept Christ as their own Savior uh, in it. And so with, with that in mind and plans for uh, their church membership uh, sometime down the road, um, <clears throat> what are they learning about consistent living within the church family? I kind of have that class in mind uh, as, I, as I bring the message this morning. You know, there are young, young ones that look up to their parents, look up to the older ones in the congregation. And uh, so I've entitled the message this morning, Consistent Living Within the Church Family. What are they learning? Uh, from you and us. You know, we can have a, go through a little book we call instruction class, uh, you know, so many sessions or something. Uh, we can, uh, you know, go through some of the things in our rules and discipline, but you know what? I'm sure you would all agree with, with what I'm, I'm saying next is uh, all the years and time they spend with their parents and with their peers and with those they go to church with and know what we do and how we say and, and how we live our lives, that'll probably speak more to them, or in a different way at least, than uh, a few hours of instruction. I'm not uh, making light of the instruction. That's important. I support it 100%. 100%. But you and I are teaching them about church life, about living consistently within the church family. Um, I, I want to just um, start by saying a, a couple of verses that most of you can, can say by memory. You don't even need to turn to them, but there's first uh, two verses in Colossians 3. It begins with the word if. If ye then with Christ be risen, we sing a song out of our books that comes right, right from there. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. It's one of those if-then situations. And I'm already thinking about homework. You know, if you want to sometimes take, do the, you might not do this one in, 10 minutes or an hour, it's something you could think about as you do your devotions and, you know, and over a period of a year or something. Uh, uh, think of, of all the many if-then places in the Bible. If this is the case, then this should be the result. If-then. Uh, I, I just saw a devotional that somebody wrote recently. Uh, and, and I think the title of that one was When Then. And, and it's partly the, the same thing I'm, I'm saying now. Uh, when this is the case, then this should be the case. Uh, but uh, here I use the word if. If 
you claim to be risen with Christ, then it's going to show up. So let me read the two verses. If you then be risen with Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Then set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Back when we were living in the Harrisonburg area, um, we lived there from 79 until 85. My wife and I were uh, one of the youth sponsor couples for a while. And uh, one time at a youth meeting where the youth committee had planned a devotional, they asked, um, a young man to have the devotional that was not a member um, of our churches there, but he had, well, I'll just say he came from uh, one of the most uh, progressive and liberal Virginia Conference churches uh, in in the area there. But um, I don't know all the reasons why, but uh, he began coming to uh, our, our youth activities. And uh, uh, very upstanding, gentleman-like uh, young man. Um, and, and apparently he saw something uh, in the youth group there that, that he appreciated uh, that he didn't get from his own church or, or youth. Uh, so he came rather regularly to the uh, to the youth gatherings. And he was asked then uh, one time to, to share the little short devotional at the youth gathering uh, that, that evening, you know, after the ball game or wh- whatever it was. And uh, see, he, he related to these young people in the church, to these young boys in the church. Uh, he played with them. He, he, uh, he came to church sometimes and, and sat in church with them. Um, you know, he appreciated many things uh, about them and, and their background. That, that's why he came. Um, but here he was asked to have devotions. And I guess he, was, he, had some, he saw some inconsistencies in some of the young people that he enjoyed playing with and relating to. And so, right in his devotional, and I don't remember what, what he used for a, a, a verse or whatever, but um, he just called out some of their, their names, some of the names of, of the young fellows in the youth group. And, and, and again, I don't know exactly what he said, but he said something like this, I, I, I really wonder where you are. I wonder about you. And he was probably thinking, yeah, you know, we, we can talk about hunting. You know, you're good ball players. Uh, but I notice, you know, you, you always sit in the back of the church. I, I notice that, you know, uh, you don't lead out much in, in, in spiritual things. I, I notice that... Uh, 
we don't ever talk about Bible things, but we always talk about sports or hunting or something, uh, you know. And, and so, you know, he was coming from his setting to our setting for some reason. And apparently he saw some inconsistencies after a while. And he said, I, I, I wonder. And he, and he called out some mom's name. I wonder where you are. I wonder where you are. I wonder. Let me just read uh, just a uh, couple of little paragraphs here from uh, the book by John Koblenz uh, called uh, uh, Christian Family Living. It was printed by Christian Light uh, years ago and then some more, uh, more recent years was, was updated somewhat. Uh, <clears throat> This is in, the, in one of the, or in the section of the book entitled uh, Membership in the Church. Brian grew up in an unbelie- unbelieving home. He learned to know Jackie, a young Christian woman, and through her was introduced to a group of believers and led to the Lord. Brian later began dating Jackie and eventually married her. Brian's work took him to another locality, and there they joined an evangelical church. The group was in many ways a normal evangelical group. The pastor preached fundamental messages, but as Brian and Jackie learned to know the members, they saw that things, they saw that things were going on in the church which were not right. There was ill will and gossip. There was rivalry and political maneuvering. Some members were indulging in worldly practices. Some justified divorce and remarriage. Most seemed to feel it was no one else's business to try to meddle in these things. Brian and Jackie learned of another group in the area who believed strongly in brotherhood. They believed when one member had something in his life which was not according to the Bible, the other members were responsible to confront him and to help him to obedience. At first, Brian and Jackie were fearful. They felt that such a group would likely be all eyes for anything wrong in their lives. But they decided to begin attending the new group, and they were surprised to learn that the underlying spirit of this group so minded to holiness was not criticism and finger-pointing, but love. True brotherhood, they learned, operates with concern for the well-being of each member. The members of such a brotherhood are not content with a -a once-a-week meeting and a touch-me-not sort of relationship. They enjoy seeing each other through the week, visiting, praying, studying the Bible, asking counsel, and exhorting each other in the ordinary affairs of living. That, Brian and Jackie concluded, is biblical brotherhood. So what I'm saying by that is is simply that this Brian and Jackie did not see a consistency. As they grew in the Lord, they did not see a consistency (coughs) with the church they were first relating to. Now... Maybe I should uh, define 
consistency. I've used that in the title and haven't said anything uh, about the definition much, and many of you understand, but uh, <clears throat> consistent means agreement or harmony in different things. Um, it, it can have a sh a various shades of meaning, but, and I'll talk about another one here momentarily. But um, consistency has to do with being parallel. We use that term sometimes. Uh, the same. In other words, uh, when a person says this about, about us, well, yeah, you, you, you go to that church and you say you believe that, but, but this is how you think or this is how you live. What they're saying is they don't see a consistency in our life. Um, so th there needs to be the, the, part, the various parts of our life and, and the various uh, things that we do as a brotherhood and believe as a brotherhood and say we believe as a brotherhood, the various aspects of it should fit together, should make sense together, should harmonize. That's consistency. But, but when one has to say, you know, you're a member there, but you do this or, or something like that, then that's not consistency, you see. Um, another definition of consistency is, has to do with uh, uniformity or continuing in the same way. In other words, um, um, in one brotherhood, in one people that uh, uh, come to conclusions on, on matters of life, then there should be a, a similar similarity among those that are members of such a group in belief, in thinking. Um, and then consistency also has to do with continuing in that way. In other words, not, not always changing. And not thinking one thing today and something else tomorrow and, and changing again next month. That's not consistency. <clears throat> um, I would like to look at um, a few scriptures. These scriptures have to do with, uh, they have to do with relating to each other uh, as a church, as a brotherhood. And I, I'm picking, I picked these scriptures for, for this reason. Um, my life relating with my brother should help my brother live consistently. My, my life in, in my church family shouldn't tempt my brother to do something wrong or to go the wrong way. But, it, but if I really love my brotherhood and love my brothers and sisters in the Lord, I will help them by my life. I will help them live a consistent life. Therefore, there will be a consistency within the brotherhood and the young ones coming up ready to, to join the church will, will know how to live and how the right way is and won't, won't say to mom and dad, well, uh, 
Mom and Dad, this is what it says in here, but do we do that? Or, but Sister so-and-so, she, she don't do it that way. Or Brother so-and-so, he has this. And God help us not to be confusing to our young people as they come into the church. But we live in a consistent way, consistent with our, with our commitments, consistent with each other, consistent for what we stand for, that, that our young people as they come into the church will understand, will know. Well, yeah, this is the way we do it. Uh, this is what the Bible says, and this is how we put it to practice. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's been said for many years, this is nothing new, that uh, one of the things uh, that they're taught to, to parents in, in, in uh, parenting classes and, and parenting books is what? To be consistent in the home. Uh, live consistent lives. Uh, little Johnny should, should know what daddy thinks and should know how daddy is going to respond to such and such or mom. And, and if mom acts this way once and says this way the next or dad, you know, is back and forth, little Johnny grows up confused. And don't know what to do or what to think or where he's supposed to be in all of this. So consistency as parents in relating to our children is one of the greatest things that can help them to have strong emotions and, and, and be free inside. And they know where we stand and everybody's happy. <laughs> Let's be... Uh, Look at a few verses in Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12. I'll just read uh, a few random verses here, beginning with the first one. <clears throat> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In the next verse, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then it talks about the fact that we are members one, one to another. It's interesting that in this chapter, as you see the next verses following and down through, some of them are little short verses about relating to each other and how to relate to each other and the Christ-like Christian way to relate to each other, the way to express love to each other and so forth. It's interesting that he starts with verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Ye 
You know, oftentimes, and, and it's okay to do this maybe, we pull out verses uh, 1 and 2 and, 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 and just hold them kind of together and, and preach on, on those two verses, and that's, that's fine. But yet, you see 1 and 2 followed by what Paul has to say about relating to one another. Um, if, if, we could, if we could live one and two, it would go a long, long ways in helping us to live out the other verses, the shorter verses that follow. Um, and in verse three, you know, the, about humility and not holding ourselves up. Um, so, you know, this is in the context, uh, you know, as you look at all these verses, it's talking about brotherhood. It's talking about relating to each other. And uh, if we are consistent in this, uh, it'll go a long ways in helping our young people, those coming into, into the church, know how to live. Uh, it will teach them so much. Just a couple other verses I'll mention here. <clears throat> Talks about gifts. Um, coming down to verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy. There's a word in itself that's closely related to consistency. Hypocrisy is claiming one thing. It can be used in a... In a various degrees of meaning, but one way would be claiming one thing, but seemingly doing another. Or actually doing one thing and then doing something else that's opposed to that. Um, you know, um, and I might talk about Ananias and Sapphira a little later, but Ananias and Sapphira, you all know the story. It looked like hypocrites to me. You know, they wanted to say, this is our statement of faith. You want to join our church? This is what we believe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd like to jump on the bandwagon too. Uh, you have such a beautiful fellowship. And uh, this was here in the early church in, in, in the early part of Acts. And, and people were sharing together. And, and everything was so beautiful. And, and yeah, we want to be a part of it too. But we'll do things our own way. We'll kind of do it behind people's backs, in fact. We'll appear like we're in there, but really we don't feel that way in our hearts. And of course, you know, God judged them very soundly. They weren't consistent. I don't think the Bible talks about their children. But you know, you, you could probably name people that, yeah, they, they, I know some people that kind of fit in that category. And, and their children, where are they? Well, nobody knows. You know. they, they saw through mom and dad, you know. <clears throat> um, continuing. That was... Um, Where's the verse about hypocrisy? 
that's in verse 9. I said the word hypocrisy is not in there, but uh, let love be without dissimulation, or uh, I said that meant hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. He's already suggested that in verse 3. Uh, don't hold ourselves up, live humbly, in honor preferring one another. Uh, it says in verse 10, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, uh, serving the Lord with all your spirit, not half-heartedly, not joining the church and say, I'll, 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 I'll abide by this part way, you know. Some of these things are okay, but, but you know, um, uh, kind of ch pick and choose, you know. Uh, how can that be? Uh, how consistent is that? What do we expect of our young ones that, uh, want to be baptized uh, before too long, if that's how we feel inside. You know, well, let's go on. <clears throat> um, rejoice, verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estates, estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. That means be not wise in your own proud notions interpreted literally there. Well, I'll stop there in that section. Let's turn over to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> you see, our living consistently with each other, among each other, to each other. Um, feeling the same, um, believing the same, living the same, so forth. That, that's, that's the beauty of the bride of Christ. Um, we, have, we have one Lord, one God, one Savior, one Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, just look at, um, in, in Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 4, just starting at verse 14. Well, let's start at verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The idea is there is that we all grow together. Uh, not just some, some, but all. That's what he says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man. Uh, you, you could, you could um, well, there's three or four things there that sound like with the, uh, there should be similarities, consistency between the members. First of all, it says all. Then it says the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. I mean, will some have a knowledge that's right and some that's wrong? Well, of course, that's not what he's talking about until we all have the, the same right knowledge of the Son of God. In fact, after that, it says a perfect man. Not that some are imperfect and some are perfect. These are the perfect ones. These are the imperfect ones. No, until we all come and be a perfect man. And the word really could be probably interpreted betterly in a way we say it, uh, mature. 
maturity. It uses perfect in various times in the King James that, that maybe uh, we would say mature. To a mature man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so did he mean that, that some will measure up to Christ, but some never will measure up to Christ? No. He, he's saying, this, let, let's all be this way. Let's all have this desire. Let there be a, consistently, a, a consistency among God's people and, and, and among the, the, the believers. That, that we all are this way. Continuing verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. To and fro. Tossed to and fro. That doesn't sound like consistency, does it? No. He said we shouldn't be that way. We should be consistent. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in, lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You see, when Brian and Kathy that I read about, uh, Brian and Jackie, excuse me, that I read about <clears throat> earlier. They, they thought at first, well, if we come to this church, they're going to be all eyes to see what's wrong with us. But as they came there and fellowshiped, they appreciated verse 15 here. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And they said, yes, that's what we want. It's good to be here because this is helping us to grow up in Christ. My brother is helping me live consistently. And hopefully I can be a help to him to be a consistent living Christian. <clears throat> and then there's that long verse 16 that, uh, you know, if you don't read it often and, and study it, uh, you may forget all the implications. If you haven't read verse 16 for a while and really digested it, uh, that could be uh, maybe your devotions one day or something. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Wow. That's quite a verse. <coughs> Let me just, you know, there's many places we could go, many places we could, we could look in the scripture. But just to, to mention a few practical areas, um, and, and there again, you know, in a few minutes, we, we're just scratching the surface a little bit. I'm just thinking about consistency and living consistently within the church family, and especially to be a help in a, in a, in a, to our younger ones and not be confusing to those. And so these things I jotted down here, they're no, in no particular order of importance necessarily. The Bible talks about uh, how we talk to each other and what we say about each other and so forth. 
how we speak about our brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, the, the, the Bible uses, uh, the New Testament talks about whisperers. It talks about talebearers. Um, you know, when we try to look right on the outside and, and appear right, and yet people know that, that we talk a lot or that we're a talebearer, or our children know that, you know, in private, my mom and dad talk about this and talk about that person, and, and it's usually negative, of course. Uh, but they come to church and, and they, they try to look just right, and, but, but they can really talk, you know, at home about so-and-so and about what's wrong with brother so-and-so and so forth and so on. Um, whispering, tail-bearing. I'll just mention this for what it's worth. Uh, and I, it was, I think it was either in Sword and Trumpet or in Lifelines. Back some, it's been uh, some months ago, maybe... Uh, half a year ago, uh, maybe a year ago, I'm not sure. Uh, and I'm not sure which, I'm pretty sure it was in either Sword and Drummond or Lifelines, but it could have been in something else that I just forgot. And, and this is a general statement that someone made sometime about, had to do with talking about people. Said this, weak minds talk about people. Mediocre minds talk about happenings or events. Strong minds talk about ideas. So if that can be of any help uh, to us, uh, let it be. <clears throat> um, con consistent in uh, attending the services of the church, that's important. You know, I've heard some of you uh, say that, you know, in my home, when I grew up, I mean, I mean, if the doors open, we were there, you know, and that, that's good. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, Brian and Jackie said something about that. You know, in the other church, they uh, most people attended once a week, but uh, even then, you know, uh, you know, don't get too close to me, or don't look at me too, don't don't talk to me too much. You know, I, I, I'm just here to to say I went to church, but I want to do my own thing. And so don't bother me the rest of the week, you know. But uh, Brian and Jackie had said that they appreciated, uh, you know, uh, praying together and Bible study together and asking counsel together and exhorting each other. And, and uh, it, it implies that they, they usually went to church a little more than just on Sunday morning. <clears throat> Another area is, is simply uh, submitting cheerfully to the standards of the church. And, and I've implied that already in a couple of things I've said. Um, I don't know how many are familiar with, with this book uh, by Val Yoder. Uh, um, many of you know his name because of his many years of service at SMBI. Um, <clears throat> he, he, this is, the date on this is 2006. Uh, not until just last year uh, could you maybe find it easily, but uh, now it's in the Christian Lights catalog uh, starting in 2015. Uh, uh, it was in there and said new. It's not a new book, but it's new. It was new for them. It's an excellent book. I, it, it, it'll be some of the best $10 you ever spent. 
I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's talking about the church. It's talking about church life. It's talking about the local church. And it's so good and important. Um, um, it, it's this kind of thing that, that he talks about. Some, if, if, you, if you claim, how can you claim to say you love the church of God? How can you claim to sing, I love thy church, O God? And how can you claim to, to, to love the universal church of God and so, be so critical of your local congregation? I mean, who, who is the church of God after all? <laughs> you know, who is the church? I mean, isn't it us? And sometimes people can, can you know, have his concern uh, that's one of his concerns. Um, you know, I'm just thinking now. I said, you know, he wrote this, he, he published this in 2006. After he had been administrator at Bible school for over 20 years. I don't know what that says exactly other than he worked with a lot of young people. And too often, young people come and, and uh, you know, they have ideas that are so different than mom and dad or, or my church. You know, my church is so, uh, my, my church is, um, and, and they get all on the high horse at Bible school like that's normal or something, uh, to life, which, you know, it's not normal life. And I know it was Val's burden that this is not real life. You young people need to go back and, 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 and give 100% of support to your home and to your church. And, and, and be consistent in your church and grow in your church. That's real life. And I know that's part of the burden in writing this book. This book is not necessarily easy reading. It's pretty fine print. I would encourage you to, to read it. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I trust when, you know, as these young people that are coming to, uh, to church membership here sometime in the future, as they... Uh, as they take their own personal copy of the Statement of Faith, and as, uh, as they read it and, and digest it and comprehend it, that, uh, that they won't be disappointed with any of us. But we can be living so consistently that they can look at us and say, oh, that's what it means. That's what it means. I understand. That's how we do it. Um, a part of living uh, consistently is, is uh, uh, appreciating and respecting the, the views of each other and respecting the, the, the gifts of the body. And um, uh, I already read that maybe both in Ephesians and, and, and Romans. Not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, 
but, but to be respectful of my brother's uh, gifts and talents and, and input. Um, <clears throat> genuine love and sharing in the brotherhood. Galatians um, 6.10 says, As ye have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. You know, sometimes it's, for some it seems like it's easier to, to reach out to everybody else, uh, but not to reach out to those that you know the, the best. You know, sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody, at least for certain personalities, it's easier to talk to somebody that you don't know as compared to talking to those that you do know. Uh, but the Bible implies and says that we should have a special connection to the brotherhood, um, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. <laughs> If I give one other example that happened long, long ago, in the, long ago, it doesn't seem long ago to me, but um, in the middle 90s, uh, there was a, a, a young man from the, from the community. I say a young man, he, he, was, he was about my age, uh, but that was back in the middle 90s, so yes, we were young. <laughs> um, he was considering uh, joining our church. And in fact, he, he uh, went through some, some of our instruction class, but he did not continue then later on. <clears throat> um, I, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes we, we don't want to say something, or if it comes from one of us, you know, we, we kind of turn it off like, well, you know, well, we're just kind of, that's just our culture or something. Uh, and sometimes it, it takes some, some statement from the world to really get our attention. Unfortunately, but that's just how it is so much, sometimes. Before I get into this, brother, that just brings to my mind one other thing. Okay, I, I heard from the news recently that, um, you know, all these, our little cell phones and little computers that we carry in our pockets that we can do so much with, uh, you can go all over the world with them. I mean, you have the, the world in your pocket, you know. Some people are getting so tired of those things and, and realize that they're just a burden and, and they're just being overwhelmed by it. And there's companies now that are making, again, the simplest of cell phones and they're for sale. So that you can just have a phone, period. For what that's worth. <laughs> so this young man that was uh, thinking about joining our church one time, <clears throat> he talked about somebody wearing cowboy boots and he said he's trying to make a statement. See, if I would have said that, it would have gone down wrong with some people. But this fellow from the world could say it, and we had to listen. We really knew he was true, but sometimes we, we don't want to believe what's really the truth. But he knew 
that this person wearing these cowboy boots was trying to make a statement. Are there things that we do or wear that if we're all at all honest about it, we, it just looks like we're trying to make a statement? Another thing about consistency, this same young man said, during that time when he was coming to church here some and having instruction class, we had an evangelist here for a week of revival meetings. Very down-to-earth man from central Pennsylvania. He preached in a very down-to-earth way. He, he, he just, his personal appearance, he was just a common, common farmer. <laughs> he, he, he preached the word of God. And somehow this, this young man that was coming to church some and in instruction class, he took a, a, a liking to him, you know. Uh, and after the evangelist went home, some weeks later, this young man from South Boston drove all the way to central Pennsylvania just to visit this evangelist. And uh, he came back and he said, uh, you know, Nathan, he, he, he's the same at home as he was here. That was interesting to me. That, that's what it said to, to that young man from, from the world here. There's a man that I can respect because he's consistent. He wasn't down here just preaching in the pulpit, you know, acting one way and going home and living a different life. He said he's the same as, at home as he was here. Consistency. Um, let me just say this and then I'll close um, concerning electronics okay this is coming from other people I'm just sharing it for what it's worth so we had my mother's viewing here and a, a couple from the community that, that I, I know um, in fact the, the man's a preacher uh, they, they came to the to the, view, to the viewing when my mother passed away. Sometime later, I, I met the lady, and she said, Nathan, you know, we were there, and, and uh, just all the children playing around there outside on the steps there, th that just warmed my heart. I guess, first of all, she probably thought when she was coming to the viewing of a 90-some-year-old lady that there wouldn't be a lot of children around. But so that surprised her. But then she went on to say this. She said, you know, you know, they were playing around so nicely with each other. She just said, you know, I, I just feel like that, that these electronics of today and these games of today have just did something in a negative way to our children. And they that playing together in a, in a nice way like I saw all them children, th that just touched me and, and, and I believe there was some reason for it, she said. But she brought up the thing of the negative influence of the electronics of the day on our children. And then Dorcas had these breakfasts for all of us, you know, over at her house. The morning we were there, her two older neighbor ladies were there. And they said something kind of similar. They said, here we are eating breakfast and all these 
you know, they, they didn't say Mennonite, but they realized who all was around there except them, uh, that they were the people from our church. And, and you know, I, I haven't seen, they said, I haven't seen, a, one of them said, I haven't seen a, a cell phone or electronic game here yet. But everywhere we go, everybody's just doing like this, you know, not even paying attention to anybody else or talking to each other. They're just doing like this, you know. And, and they thought that was rather unique, you know, that gathering at Dorcas's house, you know, um, without electronics interfering with our fellowship. <clears throat> okay, let me just close with, I'm here in Ephesians, and I'll just read the first three verses. The first three verses of Ephesians uh, 4, that is, chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, the first three verses. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk. Now, you, you need to underline that in your mind. That you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. He's already said in that little short verse, your life needs to be consistent. You, you have a vocation. You have a calling. You claim to be a part of this calling and a part of this vocation in Christ Jesus. Your walk needs to line up with it. They need to be parallel. Your life and what you claim in your head. Your life and what you say. They need to be the same. They need to be consistent or parallel. Let me read it again. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. With all lowliness, and then just in these few next little lines, just the first three verses, he's already giving some ways to do that. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And you can on your own go through and underline the words that you think have to do with this thing of, of togetherness and consistency and helping one another in that area. May that be your desire. Let's have a closing song. <clears throat>